This episode of The Minimalist is brought to you by nobody because advertisements suck. The Minimalists. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus. And together, we are the Minimalists. Would you like to simplify your life? Yes. I su- <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Is that a rhetorical question? Like, These backdrops in here is just too much. There's three colors. <laughs> How can I cope? I want my life to be monochrome. You know, the, the gal we're working with, Beulah, Beulah Ann, you can follow her on Instagram, at Beulah. She's doing the set design for our new studio, which is hiding behind this beautiful wrapping paper that's mm. behind us. We're going to yeah. unveil a gift to you really soon. And um, yeah. she texted me the other day. She said, my soul is black and white and beige. Because <laughs> I'm constantly asking her, like, how do we inject some personality because if it's just me and you, this place is going to look like an insane asylum. Right. White walls. Or just paint the floor white. Yeah. I'll put you in a straight jacket. <laughs> padded walls. Yeah. I mean, they're already kind of padded for sound. <laughs> right. Yeah, they are. It does. Oh, my gosh. I know. Right? We could record in an insane asylum. Genius. <laughs> anyway, if you're looking to simplify your life, that's often why people tune in to this podcast, especially this public version of the podcast, the minimal episodes a few minimal, a few minimalism rules might help. Now, here's the thing about rules. Rules help us to a point, mm. but they help as long as they don't get in the way. If yeah. they become too constrictive or restrictive, then they don't serve us. They don't add value. Now, Ryan and I, we had a new book just come out last week called Love People Use Things Because the Opposite Never Works. And in that book, there are 16 rules for living with less. These are 16 rules, which you can download for free on our website, by the way, theminimalists.com slash rulebook. There's actually an expanded version of each of those rules there. But I wanted to talk about some of these rules and how they might apply to some of the questions that people are asking. But before we do that, the thing, the, one of the biggest comments I'm getting about this new book, Ryan, is people, they're really enjoying the switch in tone between my sections and your section. So the, the book is about these seven essential relationships in our life. It starts with our relationship with stuff, and then it talks about truth and self and values, money, creativity, people. And at the end of each chapter, you finish with a coda. Yeah. And so it's really five questions about that chapter. So I want to start today by talking, since we're talking about stuff, five questions for stuff. And then we have the do's and don'ts in each chapter as well. The do's and don'ts of stuff. Mm. So maybe Ryan, if we turn to page 70 here, Mm -hmm. we could talk about this coda for stuff. Cool. Let's do it. All right. So this is the very first coda after the at the end of the chapter stuff. Howdy, Ryan Nicodemus here. I'll be here at these end chapter sections throughout the book to help you reflect on what you've read and to consider how you can implement the lessons learned from each chapter. Questions about stuff. First, answer the following questions. Be honest. Be considerate. Be rigorous. Your future self will appreciate your hard work, contemplation, and candor. 
Question number one, how much is enough for you and your household? Be specific, amount of bedrooms, televisions, coats in the closet. Think closely about the things that actually add value to your life. Let's pause right there real quick. So what I like about these questions is they're not too prescriptive. In fact, they're, they're highly individual. Yeah. And that's what I think is so important about these rules. Mm -hmm. They're not stuffy. They're, they're not, well, here's the seven things you must do in order to be a minimalist. Yeah. Here is our ideology, our dogma. We want to avoid all of that. And if we avoid that, then some of these rules, some of these questions, they can actually help us identify, like with this question, for example, what is enough for you or your household or the mm. other people in your household? And also keeping in mind, what is enough for you might be different from what is enough for your spouse or your daughter yeah. or your grandma. You know, the whole point for me, uh, when I was writing these codas was really to help people set up their own boundaries. I mean, yes, we have the the rules. Uh, we have the rule book, mm -hmm. but really, I don't really, I don't like the word rules. I, I prefer boundaries because that's really what it is. And it every, is. And everybody's boundaries are going to be a little bit different. Right. But yeah, like that first question, I was thinking to myself, how can I help someone get clear on what their boundaries might be? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very appropriate question. Like, hey, what's enough? Let's start there. And then we could build around that rather than looking at your life or my life or someone else's life and saying, oh, that's how they live their life. Those are the boundaries that I want. Mm -hmm. I mean, could that work? Yeah, maybe. But right. but there's a, there's a little bit more of a I don't know, personalized way you can approach it, I think. I like to think of it as recipe in a way as well. So I think boundaries works really well. I also think recipe works. And so the reason we use rules, that's that's the term people are familiar with. But mm. then they get in here and they're like, oh, these are so malleable, yeah. right? Just like a recipe is. If you have this recipe for this amazing curry, but you don't like onions, mm -hmm. simply leave the onions out of the curry. Or what if you really like onions and it doesn't have onions in the recipe? Mm. Well, then you can put onions in whatever you want, including your breakfast cereal, if you <laughs> enjoy it, right? We're not telling you to do anything specific. Ryan, let's read one more question. We don't want to have to go through all of them here. But this uh, the second one I thought was, was important. Ooh, yeah. What are you afraid to let go of? Why? I think, I think we're all probably guilty of afraid to let go of something in our lives. Right. Uh, I think that this journey over the last 12 years has really helped me to let go of 99% of my expectations or, or has helped me uh, to cling less to things. But I mean, there certainly are things that, um, yeah, like my relationship with Mariah, mm -hmm. I would be scared to let go of that. Sure. But why? Right. Well, there's, there's a deeper why there that, uh, that I really hope people can get to. And I, what I love about that is by articulating it. And so I often encourage people to say this out loud because with the Mariah thing, you can under, as soon as you under, you say it out loud, it's easier to understand the implications of that. Mm -hmm. But if you say, I'm afraid to let go of this shirt I haven't worn in four years, mm. as soon as you say something like that out loud, it becomes absurd. Yeah. And that absurdity quite often magnifies our need or sometimes even our desire mm. to let go. Yeah. Ryan, so throughout the book, we have these uh, the questions that you ask here, but in the mm -hmm. codas as well, you have the do's and don'ts. Maybe we could read a, a do, one of the do's, you have five do's, five don'ts mm -hmm. with respect to stuff. Sure. Let's pick one of these. This is page 72 for those of you following along at home. Okay. Um, let's, oh, you know what? Let's go with the second do's of stuff. Mm -hmm. Establish your rules. Using the minimalist rules for living with less introduced in this chapter identify the rules you will start using today 
If a particular rule doesn't fit your situation, feel free to modify it or create your own. So, and this is specific, I said start using it today because for someone who wants to make a shift with how they approach their stuff or whatever it is, I mean, there is something that one can do right now Absolutely, to start living a little bit of a different life. Quite often we feel like we have no momentum, right? And mm. so that's, we're steeped in all of this stuff. We're steeped in consumerism. We're steeped in impulse and desire yeah. and yearning and craving. Mm. And all of that is so overwhelming. And so the fear question you asked earlier, what are you afraid of? Sometimes, you know, fear always says something about the future, right? You're never afraid of something that happened in the past unless you're very neurotic. Mm. Um, but, but which, uh, you know, as a neurotic myself, I can identify with it. But really, <laughs> fear says something, worry says something, anxiety says something about an imagined future. Yeah. And the future doesn't exist the past doesn't exist. The past exists only in the present as memories of the past. Mm -hmm. The future exists only as projections, as thoughts mm. of what might happen in the future. And so excitement is fear, but the opposite, you know, it's the obverse side of that coin in mm. a way. I'm excited about what might happen. Yeah. Whereas joy, peace, contentment, happiness, freedom, any of these words that can often mean the same thing happens here and now it is not pursued happiness is not in the future it's not in the past and what i like about what you have here about the today thing is simplifying is not tomorrow we called our last film less is now mm -hmm. not less is tomorrow right less is next week right less is now now is the time for less so yeah. you have these five do's five don'ts at the end of each chapter maybe we talk about one of the the don'ts here mm. i think this first one is pretty important for people to understand especially uh, those who are super anxious about the way they're living right now in the moment. Overwhelmed. Yeah. So the, the first don't here is this. Don't expect to get rid of everything at once. It took time to acquire those possessions, and it will take time to let go. Mm. I am so guilty of like wanting to change something in my life, and I make all these uh, or I set all these expectations for the immediate future, whether it's that day or the next day or that week. And the problem is, is I set up way too many expectations. Right. And when I do that, uh, as soon as I don't meet one of those, I start to just let everything go. Oh, well, you know, I, I said I was going to work out every single day this week, but I missed one day. So, mm -hmm. oh man, I just ruined the whole thing. I might as well just not work out. I mean, it's easier for us to talk ourselves out of something when we feel like we're failing constantly. So That's right. setting the bar you know, uh, not low, but, but just raising your standard a little bit. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Raising mm -hmm. your standard just a little bit is going to help you start to build that momentum, get to that next step. But if you read this book and you're like, oh, by the end of the week, I'm going to declutter all my 300,000 items. Yes. It's just probably not a, a proper expectation. It took you 30 years, Ryan, to accumulate all of those things mm -hmm. and to think you can get rid of it overnight and also get rid of the attachment to those things, not just the things. Cause yeah, you could, yeah, there's a, a story point. of, of uh, the Kirkendalls in this book, uh, Jason and Jennifer Kirkendall who lost everything. I'm not going to, I don't want to spoil the story cause it's such a good story. It it's, might be one of my favorites in, in the book, if not my favorite, but they lost everything, but they had already gotten rid of the attachment yeah. and it had they lost everything a year earlier or even a month earlier for them, yeah. it would have been, devastating yeah and so you don't want to devastate yourself it's the same like when i when i used to be obese right mm -hmm. and 
and I wanted to, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to fix my diet. It's all going to be perfect. And I'm going to work out really hard every day. And so what do I do? I go to the gym the first day mm-hmm. and wear myself out. Right. I'm so exhausted. I'm sore. The next day I don't want to do anything. Yeah. And you have to be careful with that as well. When it comes to your stuff, I get you, you get excited. You have this momentum, but you can burn yourself out mm-hmm. if you try to apply all the rules and everything yeah. all at once. It's like becoming clear to me why I chose to do the packing party. Right. Because it was such an extreme, let me get everything out of sight. Uh, but also, I could have put everything back if I wanted to. Yeah, you had a safety net in yeah, a way. Right. Yeah. Well, so throughout the book, we have these 16 rules for living with less. Ryan, do you have a favorite rule? In the, they're, by the way, they're, they're peppered throughout the book. So there's four they're in the early stuff chapter. And there's two rules throughout the book. And they sort of coincide beautifully with what we're talking about in each chapter. Yeah. Oh, man. For me, it's got to be the spontaneous combustion rule. Okay. So I just remember kind of coming up with that rule on the fly with... Uh, a, a lady who was at our event and she asked the question she's like you know my mom like when i was 16 years old she made me this quilt and she made it out of uh, fabric that she had printed memories on with me with me and my friends sports memories family memories and like there's this quilt of of basically pictures of of her uh teenage years on it right and she was like i don't use it anymore like it's a little gaudy like it just sits in my closet and uh, I don't know what to do with it. I try to donate it, but you know, no one's going to want this quilt, which I would posit that, you know, there's somebody out there who would like see that at Goodwill with these random memories on it. And they would Chris Bailey, who we just had on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. So, um, if anything, that is, that's, that's also a lesson in let the donation place decide whether or not it can be given away. Yeah. Don't, don't, uh, don't just decide that on your own. Um, so I could just see the pain like she was going through like this, this clinging, this attachment, and I just asked her, I'm like, well, what would you do right now? You got home and you found out that that thing had spontaneously combusted in your closet. How would you feel? Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, I feel relieved. Yes. I'm like, well, that's, that's, a, that's a symptom. It's a sign that it's okay to let that go. And I think with all of our things, especially when you get away from the non-sentimental items like that, the replaceable things, because clear if that thing spontaneously combusted, she couldn't replace, I mean, she could replace it with another quilt, sure. right? Mm-hmm. Functionally replace it. Yes. But many of the things we have in our home, asking that question, would I feel relieved? And the question to ask even before that is, would I replace it? And so like, mm. for example, this yeah. coffee mug that I'm holding up here, if you're watching this on YouTube, let me know if you enjoy this coffee mug in the comments. Like <laughs> and subscribe. Just kidding. You can do whatever you want. I don't really care. But make sure you're watching it in what what 1080? Yeah, you, yeah. So instead of liking and subscribing, <laughs> just go down to the bottom and make sure it's set to 1080p. None of the 720 crap. We're not going to have it. Isn't that right, Danny? Am I right? We we have Danny Martinez in the studio today. He's he's helping out with some audio video stuff <laughs> with us. Um he's next here to, to Jordan No More podcast, Sean. And um so, uh, what was I doing? Uh, 1080p. Cup. Yeah, coffee cup. Yes. If this thing spontaneously combusted, yeah. I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. Mm. I would I would go on to, what's the company called? Not Neutral. Mm. And I would buy one more coffee mug mm. because I have just enough coffee mugs. And if this broke, <laughs> which has happened before, we've broken these in the mm. studio, yeah. I would not feel relieved, I, but I would simply replace it. And yeah. that's great. But if there's something else where I'm like, you know what? That sound panel over there, which we're actually selling this week, yeah. if it's spontaneously combusted, I would not replace it. So right. what does that mean? 
well, I need to get rid of it. Then. Yeah. So we are selling it, in fact. Yeah. And so we have old sound panels in here from our from our old studio until some of the new stuff comes in. Anyway, my favorite rule, it's so hard to pick just one. It's probably spontaneous combustion rules because it, the utility of that. It's it, simple. It really is. It gets right to the point. And so I'm going to pick another rule because so that one helps you deal with the stuff that you have in your life. Yeah. What, what rule really helps with staving off impulse? And for me, that's the wait for it rule is also known as the 30-30 rule. Mm, and so it's a good one. Yeah, They're all good, really. I yeah, mean. I mean, yeah, we, we had way more than than uh, 16. These are right. our favorites, right? And so we yeah. collected them all into into one place. Anyway, the wait for it rule is, hey, $30, 30 hours. So if it costs more than $30, mm-hmm. I give myself 30 hours. That means there's no one click purchase. Mm. There's no, oh yeah, but I, you know what? I didn't think about this. I, I do want to buy that widget while I'm at the store. Mm. Okay, great. I can come back tomorrow. It's adding a little bit of inconvenience, but not really inconvenience, a little bit of friction. Cause what's happened in the modern world of consumerism, we've removed all the friction. Mm. Well, what happens if you remove all the friction? You're on an ice rink and you slide everywhere. Yeah. And that's what consumerism is doing to us now. We're pinging, careening from wall to wall to wall, buying this, buying that, because companies are making us feel inadequate. So yeah. I think that's probably my favorite rule. But I'm interested to hear what your favorite rule is. Or if you have one that we're not talking about today that's not part of the 16 rules, let us know in the YouTube comments. I'm always looking for new rules. In fact, on the Maximal episode this week, Ryan, so on the Minimal episode, which you're listening to right now, we're talking about minimalism rules. But on the Maximal this week, we're going to talk about the best rules created by our listeners. We collected yeah. some of our favorites that aren't part of the 16 rules or some of them almost feel like offshoots of the 16 rules for living with less anyway if you are a patreon supporter and you haven't already listened last week we did a three plus hour extravaganza (laughs) on the private podcast with our good friend tk coleman our mvp man i can tell you this it's my favorite episode we've ever done really yeah it was called the symbiosis of love Hmm. and we've recorded hundreds and hundreds of episodes Hmm. That three-hour conversation, it could because it could have gone eight hours. We yeah. we just kept going. We were answering questions. The all three of us were just on at the time in a way where this conversation was flowing, and I really enjoyed it. People, I mean, the response over on Patreon has been amazing for the TK episode. Awesome. So yeah, yeah it was he, good, and I enjoyed it too. That was his ninth appearance. Uh, you can find that on our private podcast, Patreon.com/slash The Minimalist. Every week we do a long form maximal episode over there. We also do a bunch of other stuff, live events, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the main thing is the Minimalist private podcast. Joining our Patreon is easier than ever right now, so you can try it for a month. I think you'll enjoy it. We have a question here from Anna in Eureka, California. I was calling because recently in my journey towards minimalism, I've come against a fear, a fear of using things that I love and wearing them out or breaking them. Those pair of pants that look great on me, but I don't want to wear them unless it's a special occasion. I've started wearing them three to five times a week. But I know that in some um, future time, I'm going to have to replace them um, or they will get stained and worn out. Can you address that fear uh, that many people may have? So, Anna, I noticed a few things in your question that I just want to tweeze out because I don't want to be pedantic in terms of language, but I think often the language we use around something 
forces us to accidentally cling to certain ideas, narratives, or even physical things without mm-hmm. us realizing it. So the first thing that she talked about, Ryan, is her journey toward minimalism. Well, minimalism is not a destination, right? Mm-hmm. Minimalism is the path. Yeah. It, and so it's a tool that we use to simplify our lives. So quite often, one of the, the biggest misconceptions about minimalism is that I'm going to get there. Mm. There's nowhere to get. A carpenter uses a hammer. The point of his or her job is not to get the hammer. Mm. It's to build something meaningful. Yeah. That's what we want to do with minimalism. We want to build a meaningful life. Now, Ryan, you probably noticed she talked about having some things that she loves. Yeah. And of course, in the book, we, we talk about this and love people use things about how we have this language problem, right? Mm. And, and how that if we, if we love, I love you, Ryan, but then mm-hmm. I also love this coffee that's in front of me, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Now, we can make a distinction. We sure. talked about this already. Yeah. There's an extreme like, I really like this coffee. Yeah. And I love you. I don't like you very much, but I love you, Ryan. <laughs> oh, I like you. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> and and so I think we have to be careful when we, we talk about the loving of things because I know what you mean. You know what you mean. It's just an extreme like, sure. but sometimes we can get confused when, so instead of saying, I love something, I can say, this is my favorite coffee mug. Mm. Now it places it in its actual context. Mm. It still gives us a place of importance. It's more important than other coffee mugs to me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't love it. I'd be perfectly fine without it, right? And so just simply saying that. And the last thing I'll say here is the fear of breaking those things or wearing them out. Well, you don't have to fear that. It's going to happen. Yes. Right? It's like death. You could fear death until you die, but Mm. it's still going to happen whether or not you fear it. You hear the story of the guy who said, yeah, worrying is very helpful to me because every time I worry about something, it doesn't happen. (laughs) It's pretty funny. And and awesome. and so we can worry about the things that are never going to happen, but then also we can worry about the things that we know are going to happen. I, these are my favorite pair of jeans that I'm wearing right now. I don't love them, but they're my favorite. Yeah. But they're really starting to wear out. I've got a hole in the crotch right now. Thankfully, <laughs> I wear same color underwear as these black jeans, so you can't tell. So very soon I'm going to have to replace them. Yeah. But as a minimalist, all of my things are my favorite things. Otherwise, I've let them go. Yeah. Oh man. I what I hear with Anna's question is she's living in the future, and she's you know worrying about the future. And man, uh, th- what came to mind for me was these pair of pants I have on right now. Okay? Yes. I bought a pair. Really enjoyed them. Lots of compliments on them. And then like I ripped the really tight yoga pants. That's right. Exactly. They, make, they really accentuate his <laughs> glutes. <laughs> Everyone has good glutes in yoga pants. <laughs> No, so I, I, I ripped them or something and I had to, I, I like had to replace them mm-hmm. and I went to go replace them and they were gone <gasps> and I was like, Oh no, they got discontinued. And I realized they got discontinued because of how easily they rip actually. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I went to eBay and I found, uh, I found uh, two pair and I was like, you know what? Like I really enjoy these pants. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to get two of the same pair. Yeah. So that, but so that'll make them last longer. But I've also come to the realization that you, what you just said, like, hey, they're all going to wear out at a certain point. So instead of worrying about, uh, instead of worrying about these pants, um, you know, ripping and being ruined, really, I just kind of appreciate, like, oh wow, like they're in style right now. They look good. I can alternate these two pair, right? And uh, you know, 
yeah, I didn't buy like 10 pairs of them. I didn't use it as that excuse. Sure. Or, I, or I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't use these getting destroyed as an excuse to go buy 10 pair. So yeah, Anna, um, man, this sounds like there's, I to me, it sounds like there's something like maybe a little deeper going on. Yes. With, what are you scared of? What, what, what are you really scared of? Because ultimately you could wear uh, plain black pants and a plain black shirt and you're still going to be okay. Yes. Yeah. Like you are complete how you are, Anna. There's not a pair of pants or whatever, an item that's going to make you any more whole. So maybe an exercise. And I remember I did this back in 2011 and wrote about it. Someone asked me, a journalist asked me, what is your, what are your three favorite items? Right. And I had to sort of step oh, yeah. back and I, I found my favorite. I'm like, ah, this is kind of silly. Like this is not the point of minimalism, but okay, I get it. So my, here's my favorite shirt. Here are my favorite shoes. And, and here is my favorite pair of pants. Mm -hmm. And I got to thinking, well, why are these my favorite? And I had an attachment. They were my favorites back from the corporate days. Cause it was just the same year I left the corporate world. Right. Yeah. In 2011. Yeah. And so I was clinging to part of the past. There was something deeper than the things. Mm. And so I said, you know what? These are my favorites, but they're only my favorites because I said they're my favorites. I have allocated that favoritism toward them. Right. And so I'm going to see if I can let even my favorite things go. See how it feels. And guess what happened? New favorites emerged. Yeah. And by the way, if I still was clinging to the, that old pair of pants and shirt or, or mm -hmm. shoes from back then, they'd be destroyed by now a decade plus later, right? Yeah, yeah. And so if I was just clinging, I'm going to be clinging to something that is disintegrating. Yeah. But isn't that the metaphor for all clinging on a long enough timeline? Yeah, 100%, man. Yeah, I, I really have practiced over the last 12 years of letting go. So like right now, if these pants spontaneously combusted right stop drop and roll yeah right exactly i'd be like oh man like there would be like a twinge of like oh man like now i had the you know the work of like going out trying on some new pants right i don't know what it is I, maybe just because i'm 40 and i'm getting older i'm like i don't want to go and shop for pants yeah <laughs> it sucks driving to the beverly center right exactly but ultimately i also understand that's like what you just said. Something else will step up and become my new favorite pair of pants. So, uh, yeah, Anna, practice letting go with other things in your life and see if that can translate or transfer over to the items that you're really clinging to right now. We also did an episode about trendy fashion. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. By the way, and I'm going to send you a copy of our new book. It's called Love People, Use Things Because the Opposite Never Works. If you enjoy our podcast, you'll really like the audiobook version. Ryan and I spent two weeks in the studio recording this audiobook, and it sounds great. Or if you want the book book or the ebook version, those are available. We'll send those to you as well. Oh, Ryan, yesterday we, we, we drove around Los Angeles signing copies of the book. So oh, yeah. if you are in L.A. County... Uh, the Barnes and Noble at the Grove still has some copies, but then we went to a bunch of indie bookshops. So yeah. Skylight, Cavaliers, and Larchmont. Uh, we went to Diesel over in Brentwood. We went to Romans in Pasadena. Yeah, we went to a couple of them. Yeah, Book Soup. Yep. And I feel like there's one or two others out there. But uh, yeah, if you're in the L in LA County, you want to grab an autographed copy of Love People Use Things. You can do that, or you can find it at your local bookstore or your local library. <laughs> Nora from Facebook has a comment about some of her favorite rules. My favorite rule is turning all the hangers in the closet backwards on January 1st, replacing them correctly as items are used through the year. Anything still backwards on December 31st goes. 
This sounds to me like a a visual version of our seasonality rule, aka the ninety ninety rule. Yeah. This is 365 for her, or really it's like six months, six months, whatever. But whatever, yeah. it is, you know, so the 90-90 rule is basically, have I used this in the last 90 days? If not, am I going to use it in the next 90 days? So it covers all seasons. And if not, I give myself permission to let go. And what Nora's doing, she's creating a visual representation of it. Because if sometimes we have all these clothes, and I can't really remember the last time I wore that. Well, mm-hmm. now Nora knows. Well, I haven't worn it since January 1st. And you could attenuate this if you want to get more aggressive. You don't have to do it all in one day. But what if it, you did it in one month or three months or six months if you feel like that is more appropriate for you? Jensen had something in that same vein. You want to read his comment? I have the exact amount of hangers needed for every item of clothing I have. So that if I want another article of clothing, I have to donate or sell at least one item to accommodate it. This reminds me of the one in 10 out rule. <laughs> so this, we came up with this rule because like bars, nightclubs, military establishments, etc. If they reach a fire code capacity, they do one in one out. So mm-hmm. you have to wait till someone leaves before someone can go in. And we all saw this during the pandemic where grocery store lines, you had to wait for one person to come out so you could go in mm-hmm. one in one out Well, with our stuff. If we're looking to let go now, this isn't sustainable in perpetuity because eventually you'd end up with negative number of items. Right. And, but the one in 10 out rule as you're letting go is, hey, if I bring one thing into my life, I'm going to give up 10 of a like or a like for like item. So if I have clothing or buy one piece of clothing and I'm trying to get rid of some clothing, now mm-hmm. I have to get rid of 10 items. It's a great excuse to find 10 things to get rid of. Yeah. If you want to buy a new kitchen utensil, great. You have to let go of 10 things in the kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. And you can do that anywhere else in your house. And and so you can do that with the, the hangers as well. You can do one in, one out. It's, again, a visual representation. Let us know if you have some of your favorite rules. I call them the 17th rule. Your rule, your favorite rule is the 17th rule. Mm. Let us know in the YouTube comments. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It is time for our lightning round where we answer your text messages. Text your questions and comments to 937-202-4654. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Those texts go to both of our phones. We even respond to some people personally, or we respond to you on the air. Now, during the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I do our best to answer every question. With a short, shareable, less than 140 character response, we put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you like. And now you can find all of our minimal maxims in one place, thanks to our good friend, Jessica Lynn Williams. Those are over at minimalmaxims.com. All right, we got a question from Emery's. How do you develop and maintain the discipline needed to stick to your minimalism rules or other habits you're trying to establish? I'll be on a roll for a week and slip up for one day and struggle to get back on the horse for months after. It's so frustrating. That is frustrating. I totally get it. This is back to the gym analogy I did earlier. Or for me, the food analogy was even bigger when I was obese. You know, I weighed 70, 80, maybe even 90 pounds more than I weigh now. And yeah, it was all third chin and, and muffin top, really. <laughs> I, I strangely still had these same skinny legs at 240 pounds. Anyway, um, I would change what I ate, but I was so militant about it. I didn't really understand. I didn't under, understand what I was doing. I just understood the actions I wanted to take. Yeah. 
but I didn't have a deep enough why. So do you have something pithy for us? And then I can append it with my pithy answer. Yeah. My pithy answer is this habit changes don't work as well as lifestyle changes. Amen. So, you know, it's easier to fast than it is to diet. And what I mean by that is like a diet, that is a habit that someone wants to bring in, but it's a temporary thing. And that's really how a lot of our habits start or, or, or our desired habits is we have this outcome that we want. And then we're like, okay, uh, once I, I'm going to start doing X, Y, and Z to get there. But once you get there, the habits start to fall off where really looking at something as a lifestyle change is going to be so much more impactful mm-hmm. than just trying to get, you know, uh, you try to get to, you know, yourself a year in the future, 50 pounds less. Like that is right. That's a temporary mindset. Yeah. Um, but the, the one thing I will say, Emery's is just don't give up. Like mm. that's, I mean, that's really like the one thing I want to encourage you to do is, yeah, you're going to screw up. You're not going to be perfect, but don't give up. Don't use this attitude as a reason to, to give up. Um, Josh, you talked earlier about the language we use mm-hmm. and the language that Emery is using here is it's a little disempowering. Yeah. So, so what the question to ask then is what is the empowering language I could use? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want you to do anything inauthentic, right? It's simply a reframing, right? Mm-hmm. We can talk about criticism or we can talk about opportunities. Are they the same thing? Yeah. Fundamentally, but one points toward where I can go, right? Mm. An opportunity for growth. One points at the past and what I did wrong. It's the same thing. We're just looking at it from a different vantage point, right? Yeah. Well, here's something pithy for you. And then I'd love to unpack it with you, Ryan. Once you understand the why, the how takes care of itself. Mm. So right now you're understanding the how. Yeah. It's the same thing with decluttering. You don't need more decluttering tips from me and Ryan. You don't Mm -hmm. even need rules. Mm -hmm. They can be helpful as boundaries, as Ryan said. But ultimately, what you need is a deeper understanding of why. It's the reason we start uh, our last film, Less Is Now, on Netflix. We started that film with that question. How might your life be better with less? Mm -hmm. Anthony DeMello would say that anytime you're unhappy, it's because... You're adding Mm. anything additive creates discontent for us. Mm. And so we're, if we're simply just adding habits or adding changes to our life, thinking we're going to be happy. Isn't that the same thing as buying the widget, buying the car, buying the house, thinking that's going to make me happy. Those things can only augment your life at best They can never make you happy. Happiness is always uncovered and it is blocked by addition. It is uncovered by subtraction. There's something pithy there as well, Podcast Sean. You can can tweet that. Ryan, we got so much more to talk about today. But first, what do you got for us? Here are some voicemail comments and insights from our listeners. Check them out. Hi, uh, my name is Candice and I'm calling from Ottawa, Canada. And I have a tip for the girl on your non-line um, podcast where she was talking about how she liked candles. Um, I am a minimalist and also a, I live waste free. So what I do is um, I get a candle without any packaging um, from, you know, I'm really lucky because I have a friend who makes them, um, but you can probably get them from any craft store um, and then let it burn whenever you you when you like it put the excess wax that falls off um into a mason jar and then when that candle is done what i do is save all the wax and um microwave it um 
and melt all the wax and then get a new uh, wick from a craft store and the candle lives on forever. So you never have to buy a new candle. Um, and at the same time, you're, you still get to enjoy the pleasures um, of having candles. And it's worked really well, saved me a ton of money and saved a lot of plastic for the environment. My name is Scott Wood. I live in Phoenix, Arizona. I wanted to make a comment about a lot of people who struggle with family members who are not minimalist. Um, I'm new to the minimalism process, and how I got my wife into it was to uh, to discuss each purchase a month ahead of time. We have a, a chalkboard. It's actually chalkboard paint on the wall, and we write down the purchases that we want to buy. So if we're walking through a grocery store or we're walking through um, a mall, which we really don't do anymore, but just for example – and my wife says, oh, I really want that book, or I really want that blouse, or I say that. We go ahead and we write it on the chalkboard when we get home, so it's not a it's not an impulse purchase. And we wait to the end of the month. And the reason we wait to the end of the month is I'm in sales. My, um, my large commission check comes in at the end of the month, and my wife is in sales as well. So we have the means, without going into debt, without using a credit card, to purchase those items. I actually put your book on my list at one point in time and had to wait 30 days to get it so I could read it. Um, but it's, it takes away a lot of things. So I may put seven items on there the first month, and by the end of the month, I only bought one or two. The next month, I may have three or four items. The end of the month, I may have bought one. The third month, I had nothing on the list, and I was kind of disappointed, but at the same time, there was a little bit of excitement because what it did is it whittled down my my impulse need to buy, and I started looking at things differently. Um, but my wife, who wasn't sure whether she wanted to be involved with minimalism, or my four kids, who also use this list system, ha- had begun to see the, the benefits of it. We discussed a lot of pleasure versus happiness. So you get these things, and they give you temporary pleasure or a, a spike of joy, but then you get home and you rip them open or you 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 – you experience the book or you you play with the item and 20, 30 minutes, sometimes a week later, the item is just untouched again. So now there there seems to be a lot more deliberate process in which we buy things. All right, Ryan, we got a bunch more to talk about this week. This Thursday over on Patreon, that's the maximal episode on the Minimalist Private Podcast, patreon.com slash the minimalist. But first, real quick, for right here, right now, here's one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalist. Now, last week our book came out and we couldn't go on tour with it like we wanted to right away because there are still certain travel restrictions, venue restrictions, bookstore restrictions, publisher restrictions, a lot of rules. I yeah, hate rules. Me too. <laughs> Except for our minimalist rules. <laughs> They're the only rules that matter. <laughs> so we're going on tour, but it's this fall, this winter. We're going to 20 different cities, U.S. and Canada, hopefully overseas after that, but we'll see. Uh, right now, it's called the Love People Use Things Tour. You can get your tickets over at theminimalists.com slash tour. And by the way, our audience gets tickets, our Patreon audience gets tickets 24 hours in advance. So before anyone else can, then our audience, our regular audience can get tickets. And then on Friday, they go on sale to the general public. So get your tickets before they sell out. Some of these are some smaller venues. And so we're talking three, four, 500 people. We've done 
we've done 2000 seaters in the past, right? Yeah. And so some of these are pretty small. Get your tickets while you can. I would hate for you to pay a high price. These are really inexpensive tickets for the types of venues that we're in. But if they all sell out, then scalpers take over and they start selling tickets. We're going to be in San Antonio, Houston, Dallas, like we're going everywhere around Austin. Sorry about that, Danny. But we're going to be <laughs> three cities in Texas, uh, Salt Lake City, Denver, Phoenix, Orlando, Atlanta, Nashville, Washington, D.C., New York, Boston, Toronto, Vancouver, Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Columbus, Ohio, Chicago, Illinois, and Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's 20 different cities we're going to go to. TheMinimalists.com slash tour to get your tickets before they are available to the general public this Friday. Speaking of a lot of people use things, Ryan, we had some bonuses before the book came out, some pre-order bonuses. We had a 90-page digital companion workbook. Yeah. So anyone who pre-ordered the book. So if you pre-ordered the book, you submitted a receipt, and now all of a sudden you have this 90-page companion workbook. You can either, it's digital, or you can print it out, and there's a lot of space for notes mm -hmm. and reflections, questions to ask yourself as well. And then we did this event with Erwin McManus, and it's one of my favorite live events we've ever done. It was great. Yeah, we did it here in the studio, but you should have seen what Beulah did with the whole setup. There's actually two paintings over here that you can't see on YouTube right now. She painted these pink paintings which she was terrified to use pink. Because <laughs> it wasn't black, white, or beige. Right, right. It wasn't part of her soul, apparently. Mm. But she did an outstanding job. These abstract paintings. We, we had some balloons in here as well to celebrate the launch of the book. And Erwin was so magnetic and amazing. And you missed the event. I'm sorry. But there's an <laughs> opportunity for you to still see that event and to get that digital workbook if you head on over to theminimalists.com slash virtual and upload your receipt if you buy i love people use things before the end of january i'm even going to do this I'm, the publisher might get mad and i'm sorry but even if you check it out from a library your local library <laughs> snap a photo of your library receipt nice theminimalists.com slash virtual upload your receipt right there You'll get the 90-page digital workbook for free. You'll get access to our live event for free. You don't have to pay us anything. And you'll get to enjoy Love People, Use Things, which very well could be our best book yet. For out of value this week, Ryan. Oh, real quick, before even that, uh, I'm going to, before we go out on tour, because we're going to do some reading, we're going to do live podcasts when we do that tour, we're going to have special guests on the tour, we may even have some musical guests on the tour that we're trying to work out. So it's going to be uh, sort of the smorgasbord of reading and talking and, and live podcasts and, and, and music, etc. all of these events that we're going to have. I'm going to practice some reading on Clubhouse this month and next month. I'm not going to give you any dates right now, but if you follow me on Twitter, just uh, JFM on Twitter, I will post the day of, or if you follow The Minimalist on Instagram, I'm sure we'll post the day of. Uh, I'm going to go live and just practice some reading and who knows, Ryan Nicodemus might even join me <laughs> as Maybe. well. For our added value segment this week, John Mayer just had a brand new album come out. It's called Sob Rock. And I, he was on Clubhouse the day the album came out, the night it came out. And Bex and I just sat down. It was like gathering around AM radio, except it was Clubhouse. And he was playing his album song by song. And he was give, giving commentary in between the songs. It was maybe 90 minutes of talk plus music. And it was really fascinating because the this album 
it takes on a different meaning when you see the artwork and the album cover. It's very 80s. It looks like Don Henley on the cover. Mm. But he's got these really deep, profound lyrics. He has this one song where he talks about um, if you, you know, uh, hurt me twice, you're dead to me. If you hurt me three times, you're family. <laughs> oh, and that just cut, man. Mm. Why do we hurt the people we love the most? And mm. Quite often it's because we... We love things and we use people. We treat people as though they're objects. Anyway, this song is called Shot in the Dark. It's his new single off the new album, Sob Rock. Another one of my favorite uh, lyrics on the album. It's from this song. He said, I've loved seven other women and they all were you. Mm. Mm. And oh, there was just something in that. where yeah. we, we Again, it's, there's an objectification. We all are fallible, fallible in that way. Enjoy Shot in the Dark from John Mayer's new album, Sob Rock. By the way, we have a bunch more surprise questions this week, like what are six important questions to ask before buying a new item? What are the minimalist favorite rules that they've learned from their audience? How do you deal with people who don't get it and continue to ignore your pleas to stop giving you stuff? What is the dual purpose rule? The if I died today rule and the forget about it rule. What is the container concept and how might it help you avoid overstuffing your home? Plus, a million more questions for The Minimalist. And if you want to hear all that, join us on The Minimalist Private Podcast this week. Visit patreon.com slash The Minimalist to subscribe and get your personal link so that our private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. We've got simplified pricing over there. So we moved over to monthly pricing, make it easier for everyone. So even if we put out a dozen private episodes this month, you don't get charged anymore. I will say this. We have three different tiers over there. The VIP tier, there's only, as of this recording, there's four slots left so i hesitate even mentioning it because they'll be gone probably at least uh, at least within 24 hours of this recording coming out they will be gone we have only 200 of the true fan tiers left as well but if you become a patreon supporter no matter what tier you get access to all of our archives and also the entire community over there about six thousand people who are not like-minded but they're open-minded. And so you can engage with those folks over on the community tab. That's patreon.com slash the minimalist. If you come to one of our live podcast shows, you can do that. The minimalists.com slash tour. Follow the minimalists on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the minimalists. And if you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at the minimalists.com. You'll also receive any new minimalist writings for free. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. And if you leave here today with just one message, let it be this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. It's a hard run Loving like we do takes Way too long to get over you and remember the line we drew, but call me over and now I'm coming through. We're searching for the night together, where we don't fall apart. Might be now and it might be never. It's just another shot in the dark. 
Just another shot in the dark.